Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between the words critique and criticize, and a meaty middle about more language games like Pig Latin. And if you're a teacher, I have some good news for you at the end of the podcast. A Twitter user with the handle WeHateNick asked, Is it okay to use critique as a verb? Do I critique a design or do I criticize it? And that turned out to be a slightly more complicated question than I expected, because much to my surprise, in the past, it seems that a lot of people didn't think critique should be used as a verb. For example, I found a snipe at the word in 1992 in the popular press. A New York Times book reviewer criticized Raymond Carver, the author of a short story collection, for lack of precision in his words because, among other things, he used critique as a verb. And the new Fowler's Modern English Usage, a guide to British English published in 1996, said at the time that the verb critique was being used controversially in American English. But the most interesting thing about that entry is that it also notes that the writer of the 1926 edition of the book had hoped that the noun critique would die out. Apparently he thought it was pretentious. This word family can't get a break. Everyone seems to be picking on it. You can't be a verb. We don't like your noun. Blah, blah, blah. Today, neither the Chicago Manual of Style, nor the AP Stylebook, nor the Cambridge Guide to English Usage mention critique as a problem word. The newest Garner's Modern English Usage does talk about the history, but ultimately says that critique as a verb is now fully standard. So I wouldn't worry about using it. Unless you're writing for people who were hardcore grammar geeks 20 years ago, go ahead and use the verb critique if it's the word that sounds right in your sentence. I do think critique and criticize have slightly different meanings, though. You can critique something without being negative. But the way I think about it, when you criticize something, that means you don't like it. So keep that in mind. This whole discussion also reminds me of an interview I recently read in which Peter Sokolowski from Merriam-Webster talked about the way President Kennedy was criticized for using the word finalize in the 1960s because it was a relatively new word at the time. It had only entered the unabridged dictionary in 1961, and the conservative copy editors of the New York Times didn't think it was a word that should be in the dictionary or that the president should be using. And I found the Reproachful Times article about the word finalized that Peter mentioned in the interview. 
is from November 30, 1961. Here's a bit of it. In the course of his highly articulate news conference today, President Kennedy struck one grating note for lovers of the English language. He used that bureaucratic favorite, finalize. A grieving linguist commented today that Eisenhower began the process, Kennedy is finalizing it. I doubt any linguist today is grieving about the word finalize, or the word critique for that matter, but it's fun to go back and read about the words that were considered so grating or dubious in the past and that seem so completely unremarkable today. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules? only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. And now, on to language games. Last month, we talked about whether Pig Latin is a real language and came down on the side that it's actually a language game. And I asked you if you know about other kinds of language games in English or in other languages, and I got a few interesting answers. A listener with the handle HelloLeo on Twitter told me about a game called ABBA that German kids use to exchange secret messages just like Pig Latin. He says you add a B after every vowel and then add the same vowel. So, for example, for the word cat, you'd see the A add a B after it, and then add another A to make cabat. Another of Leo's examples was Africa, which with its three vowels becomes abrafabicaba. 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 Sayel Graves told me about a similar language game in French called Le Verlan, so named because Verlan is the reverse syllable order of l'envers, 
A l'envers means backward or inside out. You know Sael's name because she's one of my linguist guest writers. She says that in Verlan, you reverse the syllables, and for monosyllabic words, I believe you just reverse the initial and final consonants. And some of the results have entered the lexicon as regular slang. For example, the word muf, femme backwards, means a chick and is used constantly. So is oof, foo, or crazy backward. Another two-syllable word example is français, French, which becomes cefran. One thing that makes Verlan interesting to linguists is that it's complex in how rule-governed it is, as is Pig Latin. In the original Pig Latin piece, I mentioned that the Oxford English Dictionary includes other animal Latins, such as Hog Latin, Dog Latin, and Goose Latin. And Judith Abbott knew more about Goose Latin. She wrote, Sometime in the 1950s, in some areas of the U.S., there was a different Goose Latin. It was a type of Pig Latin as far as being gibberish to confound parents, but used LF after each vowel sound in each syllable. Pig would be Pilfig. Girl was Gilferl. Try saying that fast. And from her examples, it sounds as if, like the German Abba speak, you then add the vowel again after the LF. For example, pig, P-I-G, becomes Pilfig, P-I-L-F-I-G. And she continues, don't even think about trying alfalfa. Kids could speak it with astonishing quickness. Adults, not so well. Science Gaga on Twitter brought up Ubby Dubby, which was a language game popularized by the 1970s PBS kids show Zoom, and also used by the character Mushmouth from Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, which also aired in the 70s and 80s. Ubby Dubby is still talked about more than I would have thought it would be on Twitter, maybe because Zoom had a reboot from 1999 to 2005, or maybe because the game was featured in an episode of Big Bang Theory, where Penny and Amy used Ubby Dubby to try to talk without being understood by Sheldon and Leonard, who were, by the way, speaking Klingon. And it's hilarious. I'll put a link to the YouTube clip in the transcript of this podcast, More Language Games Like Pig Latin, at quickanddirtytips.com. In Ubby Dubby, you add ub before each vowel sound. So cat would become cabat, and girl would become gubberl. And if you're confused or want to play with it more, the PBS Kids website has an Ubby Dubby translator. And Yoda the Oak on Twitter also pointed me to a Pig Latin translator online. I'll put all these links on the transcript. And reminded me that they used Pig Latin in the movie Monsters, Inc. The big furry Sully says, Ookle in the egg bay, to tell Mike to look in the bag. Pig Latin has actually been used so many times in TVs, movies, and popular culture that I can hardly even begin to tell you about them. It looks like one of the earliest examples is from 1963, when Kellogg's Fruit Loops had Toucan Sam call them Ootfray Oopsley, but tvtropes.org has more than 50 Pig Latin examples. And tvtropes.org also has a list of other language games that nobody told me about, including Rovarsprecht, which they say is Swedish, Farfalino, which they say is Italian, Contachili, Ventachili, and Vitachili, which they say are Finnish, and Jeringoso, which they say is Spanish. If you want to tell me about any of those language games, I'd love to hear about them too. And tvtropes.org also listed Tutnese, also known as Tut Language and Double Dutch, as another English language game, or as they called them obfuscated languages. 
And I did some reading about that one on my own and discovered that it was invented by black slaves in the American South, maybe as a tool to learn to read when literacy was illegal. The changes are linked to consonants instead of vowels, and it is much, much harder than Pig Latin. Every consonant is replaced by a different syllable. For example, B becomes bub, H becomes hash, and T becomes tut. It's serious, and I guess that's not surprising, because making sure you don't get caught is a lot more important when you're a slave than when you're a kid just playing around so your parents or friends don't understand you. Anyway, thanks to everyone who did tell me about Abuspeak, Verlan, Goose Latin, Ubby Dubby, and more about Pig Latin. That was a fun segment. And thanks to everyone who told me where they listen. Leigh wrote, I loved your recent segment on dad jokes, or dad's joke, as we say in Australia. I came across dad's jokes also when living in Japan, where they're known by a Japanese word that literally means father's gag. As a foreign language learner, the wordplay was particularly fun. Thanks, Leigh. And Jean wrote, I normally listen while doing my walking paper route. I'm getting closer to retirement age, but I still like to deliver papers to stay active and to get outside. The route normally takes me about five hours each week on Saturdays. Thanks, Jean, and what a great way to stay in shape while earning a little extra money. Good idea. And finally, Bren wrote an iTunes review. As a middle school teacher, I often incorporate these tidbits into my lessons. My students and I benefit from Gigi's tips. Thanks for keeping us up to date on writing tips and trends with your research. Thanks, Bren, and your review reminded me of some good news that I have for teachers. At our last faculty meeting of the year, we learned that we aren't allowed to use audio or video files in class unless they have an exact transcript or closed captioning. Well, you can still use Grammar Girl podcasts in class if you've been given this requirement too, because I load the audio file up to YouTube every week, and you can turn on the closed captioning in YouTube. I started loading it there to make it easy for people to embed on their website, to share, or to watch on a smart TV. But it also has closed captioning, so that means teachers can still use it. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl and author of the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. Grammar Girl is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. That's all. Thanks for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.